Welcome to God's Not Done With You podcast. In this season of interviews, Pastor John Metter talks with everyday people whose lives parallel some of the amazing comeback stories in the Bible. Pastor John and his guests will show us how God can take any situation in life and bring hope and victory out of hardship. Hi, this is John Metter, and uh, thank you so much for joining us in the God's Not Done With You podcast. If you've been with us, you've been hearing stories of real people facing real challenges in life that very much parallel the characters of the Bible that I have written about in God's Not Done With You. Uh, Today, I want to talk to you about what happens when God's ways seem anything but perfect. It's really not an Old Testament character I write about in chapter 8 of God's Not Done With You, but a New Testament character, and one we're very familiar with. His name is Peter, or Simon Peter. Uh, You know, that's a great story of this guy that uh, follows Jesus so closely and so boldly, but at the same time becomes uh, a guy that sometimes runs with fear or denies Jesus openly and outwardly. Really quite incredible. Uh, he, he really mirrors the, the uh, roller coaster ride of life in every way. I think everybody identifies with Peter in some way. Um, he is the, he's the man that spoke so boldly for Jesus, and at the same time, uh, in a n- different scene, Jesus rebuked him. It was Peter that Jesus said to him, I Get thee behind me, Satan. In other words, Peter uh, was just not realizing what he was saying and what he was doing in his attempt to try to help Christ, uh, which is a whole other lesson. We can't really help Jesus. Uh, we can serve him, but we can't help him. But Peter tried to even help him as well as serve him. But the last chapter of the book of John details a very intimate scene between Peter and Jesus Christ, who's now risen from the dead. Peter is frustrated. He goes back to fishing, and by that I mean he goes back to being a fisherman. And some of the other disciples have done the same thing, and and they have a night of fishing, and they haven't caught any fish. And and there's a man on the seashore saying, throw the net on the other side. So they, they do it somehow, and they... They end up with such a great catch of fish, 153 fish, the Bible says, that they can't even get it onto the boat. And uh, John says to Peter, it is the Lord that said that. He's the one standing on the seashore. Peter jumps out of the boat, swims to Jesus, while the other disciples are rowing back to sea, uh, back to the seashore. And there Jesus and Peter have this amazing conversation that reminds Peter of the denial that he did before uh, before Jesus was crucified. And he is restoring Peter to fellowship with Jesus through the series of questions, Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep three times. So when we have that scene unfold in John chapter 21, uh, some questions come up about how can we come to the place where we are denying Christ? How can a true believer in Jesus do that? And I'll just go out and say it right, right away. A true believer of Jesus which I believe Peter was, even though he had not received the Holy Spirit yet, uh, which happened at Pentecost. He was a true follower of Jesus. And true followers of Jesus today can be in the place where they deny Christ in some way, verbally, or uh, are unwilling to follow him in obedience, or in in some way shrink back from uh, owning up to the fact that they're disciples at certain periods of their lifetime. They won't do that uh, on and on and on. They won't do that continuously. Like Peter, they'll come back and repent, but it's possible to be so low in your faith, so discouraged, so beat up, or just not really understanding how 
what's happening to you can possibly be God's ways, that you can be in that place of distancing yourself from Christ. And the reason I uh, want to talk about this in the podcast today is because something that happened to my wife, Kim, and I uh, more than 20 years ago now. Uh, my wife uh, loved my mom, and my mom and dad lived in another state and had never really lived near our kids. And finally, one day, my dad decides to retire, and, and he and mom are going to move back to be close to Kim and I and our, our kids. And uh, so we were so excited about it. My mom was such a godly woman. And my dad was a pastor and a godly man, and all they wanted really was to be around us as family, and that's all we wanted as well. So we'd much anticipated their return, much prayed for their return. But within two weeks of my mom's uh, move back to where we were in Dallas, Texas area, uh, we discovered that cancer that she'd been battling and we thought to be in remission had returned. And in the next two weeks, she quickly grew weak and died. And we were just at the low points of our life. We were just like, how could God allow this to happen? How could this be God's way? How could this be God's plan? Our faith was shaken. And we did our best to stand firmly on what we believed was God's love for us and God's great plan for our lives. But at that moment, it was particularly difficult for us. In those days, um, we had several events happen to us in addition to that. Uh, For example, at my mom's funeral, two of our closest friends uh, from another church in another another time uh, came to that funeral just to be with us. They were very close. We loved them very much. And um, we got through with the funeral, which was in another city. We went to a hotel to spend the night. I got a call about 3 o'clock in the morning uh, at that hotel. Uh, Some friends of ours had tracked us down and made the phone call that these two friends of ours were driving back from the funeral were hit head-on by another car, and were killed instantly. So these two friends who came to mourn with us my mom's untimely death, they met untimely deaths. So that was a compounding thing happening to Kim and I during that period of time. Uh, A couple of other things could be added to that, but you get the picture. We were weighted down. Nothing made sense. How could God be in this? And uh, it was a tough time. Kim had always had on her, uh, in her kitchen sink area, uh, a wooden block with the verse on it, as for God, his way is perfect. Now that's in Psalm chapter 18, verse 30. As for God, his way is perfect. And that was just a reassuring truth that when things don't seem to be going well, we know that God has a perfect plan and God will work it out in some way. You might remember more the verse of Romans 8, 28. We know God causes all things to work together for good for those who love God and for those that are called according to his purpose. But uh, this is what was on the block, Psalm 18, 30. As for God, his way is perfect. And one day, in the midst of all that, Kim took that block and threw it away. Just threw it in the trash can. It was just a low point in, in her life. And she told me about it when I got home that day. And I didn't really, I didn't really say much. Uh, I didn't want to protest too too big, but I also wanted to just be understanding about it and and in quite honesty. Uh, honestly I felt some of the same ways. How could God's way be so perfect through all this? Well we walked through a period of time where we realized that even though our God has perfect ways, we don't always understand them. So we struggle through that. We work through it. We learn some things. We learned, for example, that even though we don't understand how things are working out, or why God allows certain things. 
we can still love God and we can know God still loves us and that he has a plan for our lives. We also realized that even though we react sometimes negatively to what God allows in our lives, God's not done with us. He's not finished with us. Just like with the Apostle Peter, he was pretty much done with following Jesus. Even after Jesus' resurrection, gone back to fishing, Jesus comes to the seashore and personally calls him uh, to follow him again. We realize that that's how God deals with us. When we're doubtful, when things are dark, when we're, we're hard-pressed to give answers to why things are happening in life, and when we're just disappointed with how God has allowed things to happen. I don't know where you might be in this kind of conversation, but I can guarantee you that every person that has faith in Christ at all has probably gone through tough times where it's hard to trust, it's hard to believe, and it's, it's easy to doubt. Our circumstances sometimes are so pressing that the easiest thing, the fastest, quickest thing we can do is doubt. And I want you to know, God knows that about us. Jesus is aware about that in our lives. He formed us. He created us. And although he did not create sin nature, we did that on our own. Um, He does know that it's hard to hold faith in a very physical, uh, very difficult world where sin is all around us and things don't work out sometimes. But the message that Jesus gave to Peter that day was, Peter, do you love me? If you love me, then I'm going to restore you. And I want you to love me again. I want you to remember all the things that you first experienced when you came to follow me, when you came to be a disciple, and when you came to be an apostle. And I want you to know that I'm going to restore you completely, place you back in leadership, and I'm going to let you lead others. Because in my resurrected state, I'm going to need you to physically be there to lead the New Testament church along with the other disciples And I'm asking you, do you love me? Feed my sheep. That's such an encouragement picture. I'll tell you this about Peter. When I I read about the life of Peter, I sometimes just weep. I sometimes get emotional. Because he was this guy that was so high and so low. And Jesus had such incredible patience with him. Now today, I don't know where you're at, but I know this. I know that the Jesus who loved Peter and who was patient with Peter is the same Jesus that loves you. And is patient with you. I want to encourage you to to think on this thing. That God's not done with you, even though you feel far away from him right now, perhaps. God's not done with you, and he never is until he calls you home. He's not done with you. So do what Peter did. Learn to trust again. Learn to love again. Learn to believe again. Because the God that you believe in is trustworthy for your life. I hope that you take encouragement through the stories that are recorded in God's Not Done With You and certainly through the life of Peter. And I encourage you today, come to him, come to the Lord, and ask him to restore your faith, restore your life, restore your trust, and walk with him, and he will. If he did it with Peter, he would do it with you.